right. Praise the Lord, everybody. Welcome back to our Bible study on this wonderful Tuesday night. Hope and pray everybody's doing well out there in internet land. And hope you're having an awesome week this week. And if not, it could be better after tonight. And truly, we're blessed to uh, be back one more evening to come and, and, and hear the word of God. Again, the Bible tells us what the study to show ourselves approved. Uh, again, uh, rightly divided the word of truth for workmen that need not to be ashamed. What do you mean by not being ashamed? When we stand before God or when we go through challenges and trials of our life, when you know what the word of God says, again, you can stand the test of time and you can know pass every test with flying colors. Amen. And so we thank God for his word tonight. We thank God for his goodness tonight. And we'd like to welcome each one to our broadcast again here. Our next service will be at 334 Ashford Street. It's located in Brooklyn, New York, uh, Ashford Street uh, there on the East New York area. If you're in the area, come on out. If you're in the region, come on out to the House of the Lord, 334 Street at 7.30 p.m. this Thursday night. Thursday night service. We look for what God's going to do. And our first-time visitors, if you have yet to subscribe and hit like and share, all those good things, that social media, hit the thumbs up and subscribe uh, on the YouTube side and those on the uh, Facebook side do the same. And uh, uh, we greatly appreciate it. It's help to get the word out. Believe it or not, uh, the, say the algorithms, the algorithms, get the word out to uh, your friends and your family, your loved ones. You'd be surprised who may uh, tune in and get blessed by Almighty God. And so we, that's the good news. We want to get blessed. We want to hear someone to hear the word of God. Again, to help change lives. The word of God changes lives. It changes hearts. And it changes, again, the trajectory of your life and others as well to make our world a better place. All right. Um. We're going to start a new series this evening. We're going to start a new series. And we're going to call it The Whole Duty of Man. The Whole Duty of Man. And it's going to come out of the book of Ecclesiastes. Uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 12, uh, verses 13 and 14. Two verses, but it's a lot of, of meat in there. And we're going to endeavor to probably break it up in a couple of, couple of series, a couple of services, uh, Bible studies to say. And so uh, stay tuned in. As the Lord blesses. All right. Let us open in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, tonight for your goodness. We thank God for your word. God, we pray, God, each one here that will receive your word or hear your word. God, I will be blessed by it. And God, they can grow. And God, I'll be more and more like you, Lord. And I pray that you can challenge, touch lives and souls. And even, even those that don't know you tonight, we pray that they will come to know you. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. The conclusion or the whole duty of man, I should say, the whole duty of man. Is uh, written. Uh, it's a book of Ecclesiastes. We covered it a few months ago, uh, weeks, several weeks ago. Uh, when we was doing the overview of Ecclesiastes, and and it's written by the uh, King Solomon. King Solomon, as many of you know, uh, prayed for wisdom. He prayed for wisdom. He was filling his father's shoes, uh, David, when he was when David was dying, and he was a young man, and naturally took on all of this weight of the kingdom, took on all of the weight of just being the leader. And so naturally his prayer was to ask for wisdom. And, and really, again, when you're seeking God, you need God and you need direction. Ask God. He will give you wisdom. The Bible says in James that he, he, he will faithfully, no doubt, he wants to give you that which you have need of to show you direction to. But we have to be willing to ask for direction. Many times we get caught up in what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Well, let's ask. Simply ask God. God, show me what to do. Help me do what I need to do. Open my eyes so I can see what you're trying to get me to do. On and on and on. So there are plenty of things we can pray for, plenty of things that we can ask of God. Amen. It don't always have to be materially, but it can be for direction and guide in our lives. All right, so let's go to those two verses. Chapter 12, Ecclesiastes chapter 12, uh, verses 13 and 14. The Bible says, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment, he says, and every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. And so King Solomon, he realizes, you go back and read the book of Ecclesiastes, you'll see, as we shared with you uh, several months ago, how that he just went, he had everything he needed. He had a more abundantly every you can imagine. He had all manners of things. Go back and read this, this book uh, of Ecclesiastes, the entire book. And this was the last chapter in it, and really he was summing it all up because a running theme throughout the book of Ecclesiastes, he said, all is vanity, all the things that I have, all the things that I possess, all the things that I uh, thought was going to make me happy, it really didn't make me happy. It's what he, uh, King Solomon would come to a realization. And so these final two verses here, he said the conclusion of the whole matter. 
the conclusion of it all. Uh, again, so, uh, Solomon was concluding the book that was being written and, and really thinking about the conclusion of his life. The conclusion of his life. And we have to really ponder that. At the end of the day, what is going to happen? What What is the sum of my life? What, what, how was I impactful? Did I make a difference? And really begin, to, as, especially as we get older, we begin to think about that. And even those that are elderly that are older than us, they begin to analyze their lives and look back over their lives and, and begin to analyze things. So naturally, he was analyzing his life. What is? What is all this about? So he realized uh, uh, what really matters. He came to a place and said, all the money in the world, all the women in the world, it did not make a difference. At the end of the day, he says, you know what? There's some keys to life that really bring happiness. And so he conclusion means to bring an ending to, to a closure to what he was speaking about. And, and really the last words on the subject of life and what he was pursuing after. And so the whole matter, I even wrote that down, the whole matter. I was thinking about even just reading people's obituary sometimes and uh, reading, thinking about going to funerals and you hear about people's lives. And, and do, do they cover the whole matter? The whole matter. Uh, the whole summarization. They'll talk about the job. They'll talk about what school they went to. They'll talk about where they're from and the family and the children. On and on and on, the things they used to do. But and and but not always is it addressed about the things they did for Christ. Not as you come to a, a believer in Christ, a, a true believer in Christ that did works and did the things for the kingdom of God. Again, a lot of people's uh, obituary is concerning the things that they did secularly wise. But you know, uh, Solomon here said the whole matter. And so, yes, we have things that we do in the natural or the secular world. We have jobs, we have families we raise. But you know, at the end of the day, only was done for Christ will last. Let's look at Matthew 16, 24 through 26. That's what I did not give you. Matthew 24, excuse me, 16, 24 through 26 uh, uh, is what Jesus, the words of Christ, the words of Christ. And really, we're going to go through the conclusion, a few verses about the conclusion before uh, we go to our next subject here within these verses. So we said there's a lot of key words in this in these two verses of Ecclesiastes we're going to come at. First, we're going to co cover is conclusion of the matter. Conclusion of the matter, conclusion of life. And so let's focus on that for a second. Matthew 16, 24, uh, the Bible says, you there? Then Jesus said unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself. So take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever shall save his life shall lose it. Let's pause there for a minute, verse 25. He says, if you save your life, you're going to lose it. In other words, if you are not surrendering to God, if we don't surrender to God, if we don't totally give our lives to Christ and really say, I'll get to it by and by, uh, I'll get to it when I get older, uh, the Bible says we're going to lose it. Because the enemy will make sure that we never, ever, ever stop to take time to uh, take some time out for God. Even as a Christian, you have to really navigate and set aside and focus on God. Can you imagine not having Christ in your life? What that's like. But having Christ, even more. Again, we have to really focus in. And so he says we must take uh, deny ourselves. Uh, say, if we save our lives, we're going to lose it. All the things we uh, uh, achieve, all the money in the world you're chasing after, the houses, the cars, the, the jewelry, all these different things that people are chasing after, he said you're going to lose all that stuff. The Bible says, and whatsoever, whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find him. And so he flipped it around and says, if you get lost in me, if you do my will, he says, you're a fine life. You're a fine life. And our true life in Christ Jesus. Jesus came to give his life and that more abundantly. Verse 26, he says, for what is, what is a man profited? What is a man profited? If he gains the whole world, he included everything. You can have this whole globe, everything on it. You be the world's dictator. He says, but you'll lose your soul. He said, what would you have gained? And he says, what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? So back to what we're saying, the whole matter, the whole matter, the conclusion of the whole matter is we will all have to stand before God and give an account for our soul. He doesn't care how much you have in the bank right now. He don't care how many children you have. He don't care how where you live, your status, whether rich or poor. He wants to know, did you accept Jesus Christ in your life? That's the conclusion of the whole matter. And so um, only what's done for Christ will last. Let's go to Luke 16. Luke 16, 19 through 31. Luke 16, 19 through 31. The Bible says there was a certain rich man 
which was clothed in purple and fine linen. He was decked out and fared sumptuously every day. He had it going on every day. Money, the bling, the cars, the riches. If you was to put him here in the 20, 20, 21st century, he had it all. He had it going on. The Bible says, and there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at the gate full of sores. So there were two different people, the rich man and the poor man who was begging. The Bible says, and desiring to be fed of the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table, moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. It was at the ultimate low for dogs even come and lick his, lick his sores and lick, lick, his, lick at him or whatever case may be. Just, it was a real, real low, low on the totem pole of life. The Bible says, and it came to pass that the beggar died, which we all will do. The conclusion of the matter. We will all eventually die. The Bible says, the point of the man wants to die, and after this, the judgment will come back to that in a minute. He says, and was carried by the angels of into Abraham's bosom. And the rich man also died and was carried or was buried. So both people died. One was carried into Abraham's bosom, and the other was, uh, uh, the Bible says, he was buried. He was buried in the ground. The Bible says, but in hell, he lifted up his eyes in torment and seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And Jesus was speaking about a time before he was crucified and, and rose again. Remember when Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. So the kingdom of heaven was not as it is now. In those days when Jesus was telling about this story, uh, again, he was they would be carried, the saints, uh, the believers would be carried, in, the children of God would be carried into the bosom of Abraham, what they call the bosom of Abraham, uh, what was called paradise in some translations. The Bible says in verse 24, he cried, he said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus. He said to dip my, uh, his finger in, in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. So the rich man found himself in the flames of hell. The Bible says in verse 25, he says, and Abraham said, Son of man, a son, remember that thou in thy lifetime received thy goods and likewise Lazarus evil things. He said, but now he is comforted and thou art tormented. And the Bible says, and besides all this, between us and you, there's a gulf fixed so that it would pass, so you would pass from hence and you cannot. He says, neither can they pass to us that is come from thence. Verse 27. The Bible says, and then they said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou would send him to my father's house. He said, I have five brethren. The Bible says in verse 28, he says, and he may testify of them, lest they come into this place of torment. So the rich man said, all right, there's no relief for me, but please send somebody to tell my brothers. They don't want to come to this place. And the Bible says in verse 29, and Abraham said unto him, they have Moses and the prophets. The Bible says, let them hear him. So they have the preacher. They have the preacher. Do we take time in all of our wholeness of life? You're not made whole until you include God in it. I'm saying again, you're not made whole until you include God in your life. You'll never be made whole. You're incomplete without God. Without the Lord Savior as Jesus Christ, as our Savior today, you are incomplete. I was incomplete. We all, mankind is incomplete without God. And so the whole matter, the whole matter, he had all the things that they can imagine in life, but they were missing God. The Bible says they had the prophets. What would they do with the message? What would they do with the, the, the prophets? What would they do with the word of God? What would you do with that church that sits on your corner or in your neighborhood or on your block, wherever the case may be? What will you do the next time the church door is open? Will we come and be partakers and worship God in the spirit and in the truth? So what would we do with Christ? We're going to move on. The Bible says, and he says, Nay, Father, Abraham, but if one went unto him from the dead, they will repent. He says, no, no, no. Moses, he's not going to get his job done. Send somebody from the dead. He says, and he said unto him, if, if they hear not Moses, the prophets, neither will, will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. And you know what? That's even prophet, prophetically speaking in general about mankind. If somebody was to be raised from the dead, and, and most times people have to believe him anyway, because again, uh, just the way man is skeptical. He said they're not going to believe a dead man who raised. They're not going to believe the lot living man. Is, <laughs> and they're not even going to believe the son of God who raised from the dead as well. And so you begin to see we have to diffuse the lies 
Jesus Christ is the way. He is the truth and the life. And so, uh, this, this, this thing that the enemy has done to mankind, he's making him miss the part, the, the part that matters most, the spirituality of man. And that's what Solomon was bringing in. He says the conclusion of the whole matter, the whole matter, the whole summarization of life is found in God. Let's go to Hebrews 9. Hebrews 9, 27 to 28. The Bible says, but as it is appointed unto men once to die. So we're talking about the conclusion of the matter. The first part of this Ecclesiastes Bible study. The conclusion of the whole matter. It's appointed unto man once to die. We all want to have to go down that road one day. We all going to one day take our last breath. Our heart will one day stop beating. He says that after this, the judgment. Think about this. When one leaves this earth, they have to give an account for God, to God. Read about Matthew 25, talking about going to the left or to the right, the sheeps and the goat. Again, we, we all going to have to stand before God and, and give an account for our lives. And so he says, so Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, verse 28, and unto them that look for him, shall he appear at the second time without sin unto salvation. And so those that are looking for Christ, he will come again. He's coming again, brothers and sisters, today. He's coming again. And so, again, you may not have everything you want in this world. That's why Solomon said, all is vanity. Don't get caught up in what you don't have in this world. He said, it will come again. It will come when we stand and we're with in the kingdom of God, with Almighty God. And Christ Jesus our Lord. Let's go to James chapter 4. The conclusion of the matter. Covering Ecclesiastes, but we're covering the, the, the first portion here about the conclusion of the matter. This is what he says. He says, Go not to now, ye that say today or tomorrow, we will go into such a city and continue there a year and to buy and sell and to get gain. So naturally, we plan on tomorrow. Right, we'll see you tomorrow. Or tomorrow I'm going to go to the store. Or tomorrow I'm going to go to work. Tomorrow I'm going to do this or that and the other. He says, hey, be careful when we say that. He says, number 14, he says, whereas you know not what shall be on tomorrow. We don't know what tomorrow may bring. This may be my last night. This may be your last night on earth. But don't take it for granted. The Bible says, for what is life? It is even a vapor that appeared for a little time and then vanished away. In other words, it's like a puff of smoke. Imagine being out in the cold weather and a puff of smoke and it's there for a little while and it's gone. Just for a little while, that's how, that's how short life on earth is. And the rest of the time will be with eternity. Eternity. And so he says that we will vanish away. And so the conclusion of the matter is this little temporary time we are here is going to determine how we spend our eternity, whether it's in heaven and or hell. We have to make that choice. Come to the right conclusion. Come to the right conclusion. Say, I want to serve God, live for God, and live eternity, eternally with him, no doubt. And through salvation, you give your life to Christ Jesus. Accept him as Lord and Savior of your life. Number 16, he went on and says, but now he rejoiced in your boasting. So he flipped it around and says, you know what? People get a boasting about, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to retire in five years. You may not make it to five more years. What if you don't make it to retirement? Then what? <laughs> then what? You got to stand before God. My retirement plan, my ultimate retirement plan is in heaven. My ultimate retirement destiny is heaven. It, it can The Caribbean islands, any Fiji island, any place on this earth cannot compare to the kingdom of God. That's a real vacation. When you make Christ your savior and you will spend eternity and all that. But you have a vacation home. A home up in paradise. Up in glory. A mansion at that. Why well, trade it all in? So Solomon said all this stuff you see. This is nothing. Compared to what God can give us. Solomon had everything under the sun you can imagine. But it cannot compare. To what Christ has for us up in glory. Let's look at some more. He says, you rejoice in your boastings. He said, again, they, people get excited about what they have or what's coming or what they have there in the future. He said, they get they rejoice in that. He says, and, 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 and all rejoicing is evil, he says. They're putting their hopes in the things of this world and not hoping in Christ. The Bible says in verse 17, therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not to him in his sin. 
Christ is telling you they do the right thing, do good, and come to Christ. We talk about the conclusion of the whole matter. This is the first part of our series. Again, the Solomon had given to us about the whole duty of man, the whole duty of man. So the conclusion of it all at the end of our life. This is the part we're focusing on. The end of our life. What will we do? We have to answer to God. Let's go to Revelation 20, 12 through 15. The conclusion of the matter. The conclusion of the matter, which is life. He said, I saw the dead and small and great stand before God. And the Bible says the books were open. Can you imagine this? Standing before God. And the books being open. Your life story. That old show they said, this is your life. <laughs> it's going to be more detailed than that. It's going to be from the time we were born to the time we die. The Bible says another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead are judged out of those things which are written in the book according to their works. What do we, what, how are our works tonight? What are we doing with our hands, our feet, our thoughts, our mouth? Let us be usable vessels for the kingdom of God. Let our works be good works. Let our works be representation of Christ Jesus. So, real quickly, go back to Ecclesiastes 12. Ecclesiastes 12, 13. Uh, we're going to re, 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 rehash this again. So, Solomon realized all the things he had was nothing. Let's read it again. He says, let us hear the conclusion. So, we gave you the conclusion. We gave you a small portion of the conclusion of the whole matter. Either we're going to enter into the joy of the Lord or we're going to be cast into the lake of fire. Second part we'll give you is this in 13. Fear God. Fear God. To fear God. That's the next portion. So let's go to uh, let's go to Proverbs 1 7. Proverbs 1 7. We, we haven't done it in a while, long time. A proverb a day keeps the devil at bay. A proverb a day keeps the devil at bay. I gotta get that going again. A proverb a day keeps the devil at bay. And so we want to focus in on fearing God. We live in a world where there is very little reverence for God now. The fear is gone. I, I remember years ago, a lady said, she said, I crossed the street. When I walked down the street, when I walked past the church, I crossed the street. I was like, wow, some, it's, it was something from the South. She grew up in the South, and that's what they used to do. I guess if they wasn't uh, Christian, they would cross the street. Because they didn't want to dis, 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 disgrace the house of the Lord. And really, a lot of stuff is, is, is old tradition and whatever the case may be, people come up with all type of old wise tales and all these different things. God wants you to come in the house, not walk away from the house. But anyway, he says fear. And so that's why we see, uh, share with them in service one time about the apartment we had when you know, me and my wife first got married. They wanted to see our marriage license. They wanted to make sure we were married before they gave us an apartment. He said, uh, well, our policy is you must be married. Let me see your marriage license. I had to show my marriage license. Because there was a certain, this is back in the 90s, and not everybody was doing that. Some people don't care. They, they want your money. But they didn't want unlawful relationships in their in their apartment. And looking back at the man, he had complexes all over that whole region. Perhaps that's why some of the reasons why he was blessed. Because he tried to hold this God's principles. But anyway, but think about it, no fear. No fear. People are coming out of the closet. I believe that one on. Come out of the closet. Anything, if it feels good, do it. That's the type of society we're living in now. No fear, no reverence. No decency. Not, no decency in the way we dress. No decency in our women, the way they carry themselves anymore. No decency in morals. No decency in language. No decency in our children. So the fear is gone. Reverence for God. And so the Bible says, the fear of the Lord, Proverbs 1 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. It's the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. It is a foolish thing to say, no God. The Bible says, the fool is said in his heart, no God. That's very foolish. I don't need God. I don't need the Bible. I, I pray I'm on. No, no. You need to come and worship God. You need to come and get in church. You need to come and get, dedicate your life to the Lord. It's foolish to go out, to go outside your door every day unsaved. It's very foolish. The Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. So you come to a place where you say, you know what? There's one mightier than me. There's one that controls my eternal destination. And if I don't change, 
I'm going to lose my soul. So you're not supposed to serve God because you're fearing eternally. Hey, that's, that's a good motivator. <laughs> Hell is an awesome motivator saying, I don't want to go there. That should be serving because we love him. But you know what? We love him because he first loved us. He loves you enough to die for you that we don't have to go to hell. Anyway, let's go to uh, uh, Deuteronomy 6. So the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And so it's foolish. It's foolish to week after week after week, day after day after day, year after year after year, keep your family and your children out of church, to keep your household and your, 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 your life away from God. Oh, nothing's going to happen. I'm good. I've been living all these years. I'm good. I, I've gone all these years without God. I don't need him. That's a foolish thing to do. Let's go. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 6, 1 through 5, he says, Now these are the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments which the Lord your God commanded to teach you that you might do them in the land whither ye go to possess it. Number two, he says that it might that thou mightest fear the Lord. There it is. That's that word again. Thou mightest fear the Lord thy God and to keep his statutes and his commandments which I command thee and thy son and thy son's son all the days of thy life that thy days may be prolonged. So that's a long verse. But look at that. In verse 2 he says, Fear. Fear the Lord. Fear or reverence for God. He says, and keep his commandments. It's good for you, it's good for your sons, and it's good for your sons' sons. Teach your children to love the Lord, serve the Lord. And your days will be long. You have long life. And long life and a blessed life. Number three, he says, hear therefore, O Israel, and observe to do it. He says that it may be well with thee, that they may increase mightily as the Lord thy God, the God of thy fathers hath promised, and in the land that floweth milk on you, hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God. God is one Lord. Number five, he says, and thou shalt love the Lord with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and all thy mind. So back to that fear. He was telling them the benefits of it. Let's go. Let's look at some more benefits of fearing God. Let's go to Job seven through ten. Job seven through ten. I got to pick up the pace here. I'm gonna try to get through fear. The next, the point number two about fear. Let's look at this. The Bible says in Job seven through ten. Uh, the Bible says, the Lord said unto Satan, which comest thou? So Satan was roaming to and fro. This is what he says. Satan answered said, from going to and fro in the earth and from, from walking up and down in it. Number eight. And the Lord said unto Satan, has thou considered my servant Job? There is none like him in the earth, a perfect man, an upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil. In other words, shuns or pushes away. He despises evil. Why? Because he knows what it does to lives. He knows what it does to families. Bible, I want you to focus in on verse 8 again. He says he's a perfect man, upright man, and really primarily because he feared God. Scared straight, some people may say. Let's look at verse 9. Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for not? He's talking about fear. He said, hey, yeah, he's doing it for nothing, really. He says, has thou made a hedge around about him? He says, about his house and about all that he, he, he hath on every side. He says, that thou hast blessed the work of his hands and the substance and the increase of his land. And all that because he feared God. You see, when you fear God, listen to what he says. He said he feared God. God's protection was on him, verse 10. God's hedge was about him because he feared God. He feared God and he was blessed. The works of his hands was blessed because he feared God. And not only that, his substances increased. He was blessed over and over and over again. Why? Because he feared God. He loved God enough. He reverenced God enough. He cherished God enough. And many times people wonder why they don't have the blessings of the Lord. Now they're not always talking about material either. Just things that go well for them. We got to check our fear level concerning our reverence level for God. Let's go to Psalms 2. The Bible says, Psalms 2, 10 and 11. We're talking about fear. The second part of this message about the whole duty of man is the fear. So the Bible says, be wise, be wise now, therefore, ye kings. Be instructed, ye judges of the earth. In verse 11 is what I'm bringing to you. He says, serve the Lord with what? Fear. Serve the Lord with fear and reverence. He says, rejoicing with trembling. Rejoice, knowing that God is mightier than us. 
the king, he spoke to the king and said, King, don't get too high and mighty. Remember who your creator is. And what to God and our government and our people in government. And everyone from the White House all the way down, from the palace all the way down, would fear God, would trembling, make decisions with the fear of the Lord. And that's what is escaped. That's why laws, some of these crazy laws are being passed. Laws that are abomination to God are being passed because there's no fear anymore for what the word of God says and what God can do. Judgment will come. But there's no fear because judgment has not been rapid like it was in the Old Testament. The Bible says people may, uh, 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 people need uh, to a wake-up call sometimes. We feel as if we're invincible. Oh, mighty America is invincible. You know what? We continue to head down the wrong path. We're going to see the wrath of God coming upon us, our nation as well. Let's look at what it says in Psalms 9, 19 and 20. Psalms 9, 19 and 20. The Bible says, Arise, O Lord. Let not man prevail. Let the heathen be judged in thy sight. The, 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 the psalmist here was praying for God's revenge. The Bible says, Put them in fear. <laughs> He said, let them fear you, O Lord, that the nations may know themselves to be but men. Selah. He said, God, he was praying. He said, God, these folks, they need to know you. Send down the fire is what he was praying. He was asking for God to intervene. He said that they may know that they may know that you're God. And they're just mere men. Sometimes we as humans get high and lifted up, thinking we're invincible. All it takes is one little hurricane. All it takes is one little thunderstorm, one little tornado, one fire, whatever the case may be. And all of our goods and all of our things will be brought to naught. All it takes is one accident. And we're hanging on by a thread. And so, unfortunately, a lot of times this is what it takes for people to wake up. Unfortunately. And that's what he was saying. Let's read it one more time. He said, put them in fear, O Lord, that the nations may know themselves to be but men. Selah. Let people know, wake up. He was saying, God sent a wake-up call. <laughs> he really was. Because he saw the fear and reverence for God fading. Uh, they worshiped idols. They performed all manners of lewdness and lust. And all manner, anything went in society, much like today. But it will come to pass. It will come to pass. It will not last long. The Bible says in verse 25, excuse me, Psalms 25. Psalms 25, 12 through 14. He said, what man is he that feareth the Lord? So we're talking about fear. So Solomon said, fear. Part of the whole duty of man. The conclusion of the matter, fear God. So we're focusing on part two of fearing God. The Bible says, what is man that feareth the Lord? What man is he that feareth the Lord? Excuse me. He said, him shall he teach in the way that he shall choose. His soul shall dwell at ease. And his seed shall inherit the earth. These are the benefits of fearing God. Let's read it again. He says he's going to teach you in the right way. And he's going to you're going to be at ease. 13. When you fear God, you know God is in control. You know God is mighty. You're on God's side. You don't have to fear. The Bible says, well, the Lord is the strength of my life. On whom shall I be afraid? You're at ease. You're at peace. Number 14. The secret of the, secret of the Lord is with them that what? Fear him. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him. We're talking about fear tonight. The fear of the Lord, reverence for God. God, and the Bible says, and he will show him his covenant. Again, his promises, his blessings, his word. Let's go to Psalms 33, 18 through 20. Psalms 33, 18 through 20. Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him. God sees those that fear him. He knows his children. He knows those that are endeavoring to do what's right. Endeavor to do what's right. God sees. It pays off. They say, good guys finish last. No, not really. We finish first. Good guys finish first. God sees them that fear him. Do the right thing in secret. Do the right thing when nobody's watching. God knows. And upon them, upon them that hope in his mercy. Number 19. To deliver their souls from death and to keep them alive in famine. So the benefits of fear... He will, he will uh, deliver your soul from death, which is eternally, eternal death. The second death, he will keep you from that, perishing forever. And not only that, but he says he will keep you alive in famine. God 
will take care of his children because you have a good credit in God. You have good credit in God if you want to look at it that way. Number 20 went on and says, Our soul waiteth for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. These are the benefits of fearing God. Let's read it again. Our soul waiteth for the Lord and he is our help. That God will help those that fear him and he is a protector of those that fear him. More benefits for the Lord. Let's go to Psalms 34. We, we covered this a few weeks ago. I'm going to finish up. The Bible says the angel of the Lord encampeth around them that do what? Fear him. Psalm 34, 7. The angel of the Lord encampeth around them that fear him. There's a hedge of protection. Again, he delivereth them. Number eight, oh, taste and see the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Number nine, oh, fear. There it is again. Oh, fear. We talk about fear. Solomon told us back to our, our main uh, Bible study tonight. Fear God. So he says, oh, fear the Lord, ye saints, for there is no more in them that fear him. It's all scattered throughout the word of God to fear God. He says, there is no want in them. You shall not want. God will supply your every need because you fear him. The Bible goes on and says, the young lions do lack and suffer hunger. But they that seek the Lord uh, shall not want any good thing. Come, ye children, hearken unto me, and I will teach you to do what? Fear the Lord. You can find how to fear God and how to obey God in his word. What is what is man? What man is he that desireth life and love many days and to see that he may see good? Keep thy tongue from evil, thy lips from speaking God. Depart from evil, do good, seek peace, and pursue it. 15 says, The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and the ears are open unto their cry. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil, to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. So the benefits of fearing God. These are the benefits of fearing God. I got a few more places here. I'm going to give you Psalms 103. Psalms 103, 11, 17. The Bible says, For as the high, as, as, for as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy towards them that fear him. Grace and mercy are upon those that fear him. Number 12. So as far as the east is from the west, so hath he removed our transgressions from us. Like as a father pitieth his own children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. So the Lord shows mercy upon those that fear him. I have enough fear to say, God, forgive me. I have enough fear to say, God, I'm wrong. I have enough fear to say, God, I need a savior. See, many run around feel like they don't need a savior. We need a savior. Every single person out there tonight, you need a savior. We need a savior. Walk within that fear. There's nothing wrong with needing a savior and calling the Lord Jesus Christ your savior tonight. We need it. We need him. For he knoweth our frame. He remembered that we are dust. Number 15, as for man, his days are grass. As a flower of the field, so he flourishes. For the wind passes over and is gone. The Bible says, And the place thereof shall be no it no more. But the mercy of the Lord from everlasting to everlasting uh, upon them that fear him. That is again, upon them that fear him. And his righteousness unto children's children. There are benefits to those that fear him. That's why Solomon said, The conclusion of the whole matter is I've learned to fear God. I've seen the destruction of those that don't fear God. That's what Solomon is trying to get through our heads. He's trying to get through all of us. Let's go to Psalms 112. I got a few more here, guys. I'm going to give you about fear. He says, praise you the Lord. Blessed is the man that does what? Feareth the Lord. Your blessings come, uh, again, partially because you fear God. You reverence God. You put God first in your life. The Bible says that delighteth greatly in his commandments. His seed shall be. Be mighty upon the earth. The generations of the upright shall be blessed. Wealth and riches shall be in his house. He says, and his righteousness endureth forever. These are the benefits of fearing God. Fearing God. Fearing God. What pleases God? Psalms 147.10. 10. The Bible says, he delighted not in the strength of horses. God is not pleased with all that. I don't care. He said, I don't care about your horses. God said, he, he taking not pleasure in the legs of man. I don't care how fast you are. I don't care what you do. I don't care what all you gain. This is what he says in verse 11. The Lord taketh pleasure in them that fear him. He said, I can care less what you possess, what you gain, what you achieve. He said, I'm pleased when you fear me and walk uprightly and 
reverence me, put me first in your life. And those that hope in his mercy. So God takes pleasure in those that fear him. This is what Solomon let us know. He Solomon said, hey, fear God. Reverence God. Put him first. Love him. Serve him. Um, you have to have a desire and appetite to know God and his fear. To know God and his fear. I got like five more places I'm going to take you guys. I'm going to let you guys go. Let's go to Proverbs 2. Proverbs 2. 1 through 5. He says, My son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, so that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom and aptly thine heart to understanding. If ye thou, yea, if thou uh, criest after knowledge and lifted up uh, thy voice for understanding, if thou seekest her as silver and searchest her as for hid treasures, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord. So you will never really, really obtain the fear of the Lord until you start reading that Bible. You begin to say, hey, hold on. You begin to read and begin to have reverence and understand the power of God. Understand the, the need to surrender to God. The need to understand what, what God is angry with. See, many times people may not always fully understand everything. The reason why God is angry is kindled against man. But when you begin to read it, you begin to understand the fear of the Lord and say, well, that you begin to come to church and find out what sin is, find out what displeases the Lord, and say, hey, I don't want to go that route. I don't want to displease my Lord. But we many times we never know that because we never read the Bible or never come to the church services or just ultimately reject it. He says, finding the knowledge of God. So let's read verse 5 again. Thou shalt, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find knowledge of God. Proverbs 15, 16. Proverbs 15 and 16. The Bible says, Better is little with fear of the Lord than great treasures and troubles therewith. Better is little with fear of the Lord than great treasures and troubles. Back to what we're saying. Monetarily, throw that out the window. A man that has very little but loves the Lord all his heart, his riches are in heaven. His riches, his prize, and his crown will be up in heaven. So don't get caught up in everything here on this earth. People get caught up in the, the fear of God. They start chasing this instead of chasing after God. They start chasing after the world and things and possessions of the world instead of really focusing on God. So I said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these other things are falling into place and be added unto you. Let's go to Proverbs 14 2. He that walketh in his uprightness feareth the Lord. He that, he that walketh in his uprightness feareth the Lord. But he that is perverse in his ways despises them. So again, if we walk in uprightness, we're endeavoring to do what's right, endeavoring to live right, and think right, and act right, obey, be pleasing unto the Lord. He said, that's fear. That's a good sign of fear. He said, but the opposite of that is, he said, but he that is perverse in his ways, I don't need God, I don't need church, I just live my life, I want to live. Let's move on. I got two more places. I'm going to let you guys go. Proverbs 16, 4 through 8. Proverbs 16, 4 through 8. The Bible says, the Lord hath made all things for himself. Yea, even the wicked for the days of evil. Everyone that is proud in his heart, verse 5, is an abominable abomination to the Lord. We covered pride a few, several times this past week. Over the past few weeks, pride is an abomination to the Lord. He said, though hand in hand, though hand join in hand, he shall not be unpunished. It will happen. Write it down. By mercy and truth, iniquity is purged. Thank God for his mercy. Thank God for the word of God. We're cleaned by his word. We're cleansed by the blood and knowledge of Jesus Christ. He says, by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. That's a good motivator. <laughs> to know what the word says. To know the power of God. To know the wrath of God. That is a good motivator to where you want to depart from evil. To where you want to say, you know what? I think I think a lot of times we're not seeing the judgments of old. People do things, uh, may commit a sin, and they don't see immediate judgment. So I say, oh, I'm good. We can listen, let this fly. And, and it causes people to continue, continue, continue. But it's really God's mercy allowing you <laughs> to live. To give you an opportunity to turn to Christ. 
to give us an opportunity to make things right with God. So the Bible says, again, let's read that part again. He says, um, give me the verse. By mercy and truth, verse 6. Mercy and truth, iniquity is purged, and by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. Number seven, he says, when a man of his ways please the Lord, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. Better is a little with righteousness than great revenues without right. So again, he's talking about you can gain the whole world and die wrong. You can gain the whole world and die wrong. Lost without God. This is the last verse I'm going to give you about fear. It's about fear. We're talking about what Solomon had said in our main springboard text, Ecclesiastes. He says, fear God. So let's look at his last verse about fear. He says, talking to the women of God, the women of God. He says, favor is deceitful. Favor is deceitful. So even you can find people to get blessed here on earth. The lost get blessed. The sinner gets blessed. Proverbs 31.30. Proverbs 31.30. Favor is deceitful. So, don't be deceived. You see, you see people who are not living for God. People who are not living for God, they may seem as if they're blessed. Living for God may seem as if things are going right. Proverbs 31, 30. Favor is deceitful, and beauty is vain. He said, but a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. She shall be praised. Let me know what you got up there. I'll read it again. Proverbs 31, 30. Mm -hmm. Favor is deceitful. And beauty is vain. So the outside, they'll always tell the whole story. But a woman that feareth the Lord. What's happening on the inside? Do I, does she fear God enough? Do I fear God enough to keep his word? Do I fear God enough to obey his commandments? Do I fear God enough to keep myself? And not be like the world and act like the world? Do you fear God enough? And so he says here, she shall be praised. God loves it. God loves those that fear him. So let's go back to our main text as we close. Ecclesiastes 12, 13. As we open up this Bible study with these two points, point one and point two. Let us hear the conclusion, the conclusion of your life or the whole matter. Part two is fear God. That's what we're going to leave off tonight, fearing God. Let's walk in the reverence of God. Walk in it. Walk humbly before him. Walk humbly before the Lord. If you don't know him tonight, give him your life, my friend. Give him your life. Fear God. God wants to spend eternity with all of us. He has a heaven prepared for you and I. And he also has hell prepared for the devil and his angels. We have to come to that right conclusion. That right conclusion, which is Jesus. Accept him. Ask for forgiveness. Ask for uh, getting the cleansing of the heart, mind, and the soul. And let us go on and live a life for Christ. God bless you. I pray we'll see you this Thursday night, 730. Come on back and be with us. Come on back and be with us in the house of the Lord, 334 Ashford Street. Again, we encourage you to subscribe to the channel. Again, on the YouTube side, if you have yet to do so. We're still reaching for that. Uh, again, trying to get over a 1,000 subscribers, 1,000 plus. The more the more phones and more devices we can reach. And so, if you have yet to do, hit subscribe. Hit thumbs up on the on the Facebook. Share your videos out. Tell somebody, hey, this is important. This is important. The Word of God is important. And so, no doubt, we want to give it out to as many as possible in our world. God bless you. We'll see you soon.